resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. Communication is down all over the country. Everybody was just rushing up to the closest high point. I'm just holding on for dear life here. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. The warnings were going up. The extent to which people took heed of the warnings is another question. Very much a wake-up call. People were prepared and that's why we've got less lives lost than we could have had. People need to know what to do and it's not difficult. We provide the right information to people and they can act accordingly. Pacific kiss and was. The Pacific Pacific you feel I must prepare. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared, where the Pacific comes together to share information that can save lives, save loved ones, and save livelihoods. I'm Aaron Carney. Coming up this episode, the church's preaching the disaster preparedness is the will of God. How a small island nation is teaming up with major powers to take on disasters. What to do during a cyclone. And who is responsible for what when a major hazard happens. Disasters may be inevitable, but the loss of your life, your family, your home, your land or your village are not. So, let's prepare. It was a terrifying night. Everything was shaking and getting pounded by debris. We had to make sure that they have a safe shelter and drinking water. Helping you stay safe, Pacific prepared. If you're Christian, do you believe God wants you to act before a disaster to save lives? The Christian churches in Vanuatu firmly believe he does. They are preaching that disaster preparation is God's will and have united with the support of the Australian Humanitarian Partnership to help congregations know what to do when disaster strikes, especially when it comes to caring for the most vulnerable. But some in the community still have doubt. Traditional customs and cultures have different attitudes to disaster, and the Bible is interpreted in many different ways. Pastor Shem Temar, Secretary of the Vanuatu Christian Council, has told Pacific Prepared Correspondent and Capital FM 107's Heather Meraki how Christians are coming together to find common ground to create a disaster plan everyone can agree on. For us to, to ensure that we get the churches involved, we also deal with the theology of disaster and preparedness. For, for them to recognize where we are coming from, for them to really recognize that, oh, this is not something outside of the Christian faith, but it is part of the Christian faith, the commitment that they, they need to be involved. So we have few programs running uh, along with it as well. Not just get, going to the community and said, okay, well, you, you know, this is the vocational, uh, the, the houses and everything has to be prepared, but we, we want to ensure that they rightly understand the theological part a bit before engaging it because you know otherwise the, the christians are the ones that will question the whole the whole thing so we get as far as the theological part of it as well and then come into the training part of it and come into the practical part of it we have to build evacuation centers we have to have teaching on evacuation whenever when we got them together so all those programs we we for another christian council is involved in uh, so I think uh, to, to, to answer that question, why? Um, the purpose of it is the, the purpose of it. And it is, we call ourselves as a Christian organization. We, and also we have members of the Vanuatu Christian Council. 
but we we ensure that it reaches everybody. Uh, going when you go into the village, you cannot say that okay, just the just this group of people. We are coming just for this group of people. No, we we save everybody, and whether they are Christians or they are not, a, they are not Christians. We try to save everybody, and whether they are they are members of the VCC or not, we save everybody. So that's how we get the the the, the message and the program across to the, everybody. Pastor Tema added that one main challenge faced by VCC when working with different communities is working with people from different faiths and cultures. Some of the challenges we, you know, there's some of the challenges we came across especially and is to, uh, is regarding the beliefs, the belief, uh, the belief system. But uh, that is why we, we, we begin with the theological part of the disaster for them to really understand it. Uh, it is disaster is everybody's business, so we want to get that right. We we ensure that that is right in the first place. So when you go to the faith, to different faiths, we we all speak. Maybe the, we 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 use different vocabulary to explain things, but we we all speak on the same issue. So we we have few challenges, but we are overcoming that. Uh, the theological part of it has done a very 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 good important part of it where we bring all the theologians together they sit together and and, and use the theological uh, lens to try and explain and put it in a way that can be accepted by any faith and can be accepted by any 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 culture and any belief so that's that's one thing which i see as a challenge another thing would be uh, the culture uh you know the lifestyle of uh, the lifestyle Culture is uh, is when um, we face some difficulties when when you talk about disaster and when you talk about preparedness, you know, and when you talk about because they have different beliefs on disasters as well. They think that they can do it uh, custom and culture, and they believe in this one and that. So it's a little bit of challenge when the, we try to go in and then we have to respect their culture and how we can work with their culture to ensure that weave it into such a way where it is culturally accepted and also they believe. So that's what we had been doing. Pastor Shem Tema, Secretary of the Vanuatu Christian Council, speaking with Pacific Prepared Correspondent and Capital FM 107's Heather Meraki there about the disaster preparation efforts of churches in Vanuatu supported by the Australian Humanitarian Partnership. And we heard more about that program in a previous episode. Head to the Pacific Prepared page on the Radio Australia website or simply type Pacific Prepared into a search engine and you will be able to read all about it and hear more from Pastor Tema. Ten minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Pacific Prepared. Like many Pacific islands, the Micronesian nation of Palau does not have a military force capable of a large-scale emergency or humanitarian response following a disaster. But they do have a partnership with the United States and Taiwan that, in theory at least, would mean US resources would be deployed en masse if necessary. That would be an enormous logistical challenge, and in order to be ready for it, a series of workshops and meetings have recently been staged. 
Pacific Prepared Micronesia Correspondent Bernadette Carrion has spoken with Regional Civil Military Coordination Program Manager and Chief of Plans, Programs and Analysis at the U.S. Department of Defense Center for Excellence in Disaster Management and Humanitarian Assistance, Clyde Luchet, about how the disaster support might work. Sure. I mean, obviously, Palau doesn't have a military uh, uh, by itself. We, we are the military of Palau, the U.S. military. And because of that, uh, it's important for the military and civilian authorities to coordinate with one another. A lot of the U.S. military is not trained on uh, civilian mitigation, disaster management. Uh, one of the ma- missions of CFEDM, which is us, is to train U.S. military on how to work with civilian authorities and foreign militaries. It's kind of what we call our bread and butter. And so this was another opportunity uh, and discussing in the workshop of how we train and prepare U.S. military uh, to know how to work with civilians, uh, the chain of command, you know, every uh, what's called ICS, you know, the, the, the incident commands system and, and how to uh, how to work together. So it was an, a, a, an avenue, uh, obviously a good setting to be able to discuss how uh, how to best work together. Are you also partnering up with other small island nations in the region or in the Pacific other than Palau? So, yes, we are absolutely. Um, CFEDM has a global mandate. So, believe it or not, even though we are a small office, we are responsible for uh, this kind of training from uh, the for the entire world. We actually recently just came from a a workshop that we held for climate change impacts in the Maldives, which is actually in South Asia, obviously, south of India and Sri Lanka. So from the Maldives, the lowest country in the world, we were there just last week, which is why this interview was postponed, because uh, the director, Mr. Martin, and I were both in the Maldives providing training on on climate change and and mitigation efforts. But more specifically, in in the region around Palau, we were working with um, RMI, uh, we're working with uh, Fiji. We have projects with, with Samoa, have projects with Tonga. So we, we definitely work with whoever's willing to work with us. One of the great uh, blessings you can say and opportunities at CFEDM is that we have the ability to work with both U.S. domestic, uh, international, military, and civilians. We're not restricted on working with anybody. We can pretty much work with anybody who's willing to work with us. And um, given your experience, what do you wish everyone understands about disaster and preparing for them? Be prepared at all times. Unfortunately, many countries, including the United States, lose focus until it's ongoing. The time to be prepared is not when a disaster hits. Disaster preparedness, disaster resiliency should be 24-7, 365 days a year. Everybody should always be prepared for the worst, to have sufficient water and food, uh, the means to support yourself for at least 72 hours, if not longer. So understanding that disasters are indiscriminate, uh, disasters don't care who it is, they don't look at anything but uh, what's in their path. And so the, the importance of being prepared, I would say, is, is key. The biggest threat in, in the world, or especially in the Pacific, is climate change. So it, has it also been discussed during the workshop with Palau? Absolutely. Actually, one of the uh, breakthrough comments that, were, uh, that was made at the workshop 
is that uh, our center, the Center for Excellence in Disaster Management and Humanitarian Assistance, which the acronym is CFEDM, uh, has been given the climate change line of effort by the Indo-Pacific Command Commander. So any climate change considerations, as we say from Hollywood to Bollywood and from polar bears to penguins, uh, CFEDM is, is the lead organization for climate change impacts. Um, as I briefly mentioned earlier, we were at uh, in the Maldives. We actually returned just over the weekend for 10 days in which we provided training and instruction to Indo-Pacific leaders, uh, in, you know, chiefs of intelligence, as they're called, directors of military intelligence, DMIs, where we talked specifically about some of the efforts that we are trying to do, uh, programs that we're trying to put in place. But uh, climate change is a priority of the uh, new Biden administration. And CFEDM is uh, the lead organization in uh, in the Pacific area of responsibility for uh, for those efforts. So this means that uh, we will see you more in the Pacific and in the region. Absolutely, and uh, we we're here to stay. Uh, we uh, have a wonderful relationship with with uh, with Palau. Uh, we were blessed that at the workshop, uh, the president came, delivered some opening remarks, had a sidebar conversation. Uh, with with the director of, of the center, Mr. Martin, in which we addressed uh, com- you know some of the climate change efforts we're trying to do, as well as others. For example, public health. We are in the process right now of preparing for a future workshop. Uh, we still don't know exactly when it will take place, but sometime in, in the next calendar year uh, to provide another seminar or workshop. Or it's still kind of being figured out exactly how to do it. But you know, in regards to public security, so. We are always looking for any avenues to support and to work with with our partners. Even when you are talking about a global response with massive resources, the message is exactly the same as it is for you, your family, and me. Be prepared and get prepared today, because when disaster looms, it will be too late. Regional Civil Military Coordination Program Manager and Chief of Plans, Programs and Analysis at the U.S. Department of Defense, Center for Excellence in Disaster Management and Humanitarian Assistance, Clyde Luchet, speaking with Pacific Prepared Micronesia correspondent Bernadette Carrion. You can hear part one of that discussion in a recent episode by heading to the Pacific Prepared page on the Radio Australia website. Helping you stay safe. Pacific Prepared. Cyclones and typhoons can be terrifying and extremely damaging. Many Pacific communities have been devastated by tropical cyclones and more are expected. Each cyclone is different and everyone's circumstance is different. But here are some things to consider during a cyclone or typhoon. The key dangers during a cyclone are building collapse and flying debris. In high winds, loose debris can kill. Many cyclones cause storm surge, a rapid rise in sea level that moves inland very quickly. Storm surge can damage buildings cut off evacuation routes and can cause injury and death. Cyclones can bring flooding rains which increase the risk of drowning. Perhaps surprisingly, drowning is the highest cause of death in cyclones. 
Always remain calm and vigilant, no matter how frightening the winds become. Listen to the radio for official information. Do not act on rumors. Do not spread rumors. Use text messages or social media to communicate with family and friends. Keep your family close and together. Stay inside and bring your family into the strongest part of the house. Shelter away from windows. An internal hallway or bathroom can be the strongest parts of the house. Turn off all electricity, gas and water and unplug all appliances. Grab your go bag. If your home begins to break up, immediately seek shelter under a strong table or bench or under a heavy mattress. Beware of the calm eye of the cyclone. Some people venture outdoors during the eye of the cyclone, mistakenly believing that the cyclone has passed. Stay inside until you receive official advice that it is safe to go outside. If you are driving, stop with your handbrake on and in gear. Stay in the vehicle. Keep well away from the seafront and clear of trees, power lines and streams. When a cyclone or typhoon hits, it is often too late to make a plan. So prepare now. Include everyone. Make it fun and be prepared. This information has been compiled from multiple official government and non-government agencies across the Pacific and the world. NBC Papua New Guinea's Kevin Marai with some vital information on what to do when a cyclone hits. Be informed. Be ready. Pacific Prepared. It's a question we often ask here on Pacific Prepared. During disaster, who does what? Who's responsible for making sure the community is prepared? Who provides the emergency relief? Who allocates resources and who gives official advice? The answers aren't simple, but they are crucial, and they've been put to the United Nations Pacific Resident Coordinator of the Federated States of Micronesia, Fiji, Kiribati, Marshall Islands, Nauru, Palau, Solomon Islands, Tonga, Tuvalu and Vanuatu, Sanaka, Samarasinha, by Pacific Prepared Micronesia correspondent Bernadette Carrion. You know, preparedness is the responsibility of everybody. Of course, state institutions have a particular role to play and, for instance, uh, pre-positioning supplies um, before a disaster to make sure that uh, you are not stuck waiting for supplies to come into Palau would be a key the, a key part of preparedness or, pre, or, or pre-positioning supplies closer to uh, to Palau uh, already and you, you know, generally know when it comes to a typhoon or a cyclone uh, or a storm uh, what kind of supplies you're going to need uh, whether they're tents or in some cases it might be uh, wash kits and 
so on and some some shelter items etc so these kinds of things you can do also with respect to you know you mentioned training one of the things i discuss with the nec today is the importance of scenario planning so yes we generally know how to deal with cyclones and typhoons now in the pacific because sadly we have too many of them um, but we also need to think about disasters not only um, just an impact of, of the disasters that we're used to dealing with, but also the potential for the other types of disasters take place. I was very happy to hear, for instance, that the NEC had gone through an exercise recently uh, where for several days they worked on a scenario of a plane crash in Palau. And uh, they were explaining to me that through that exercise, that simulation, um, they they came up with various challenges that they had not uh, considered in the past, and so I you know pointed out that, that there are methodologies. In fact, uh, I've offered as the UN to help um, to work with the NEC and the and NEMO and others um, to look at different types of disasters. I mean, the COVID nineteen pandemic, for example, was was one that you might say most of the world was unprepared to deal with. I gave them the example of, uh, you know, my home country, Sri Lanka, when the tsunami struck in 2004. Uh, we've never ever had a tsunami uh, in recorded history in Sri Lanka. And, and so we really also now need to start thinking about different types of disasters and catastrophes and, and start preparing. So those are kind of the kinds of things I think, you know, you could say we do primarily with government. But again, it's not only with government. I mean, there are um, civil society organizations, for instance, uh, who have a particular role. Uh, for, that's why I mentioned it's important to have in that joint steering committee, committee um, organizations that represent different constituents, people with disabilities, across the board around the world often there were people who are quite literally most likely to be left behind in at times of disaster and so there's specific areas uh, or let's say specific measures that we can take to ensure that people with disabilities and people who care for those with disabilities are, are well prepared uh, women girls children the elderly um, so different parts of civil society. And then there's the private sector. Quite importantly, in different parts of the world, we've seen that when it comes to uh, logistics, for instance, sometimes the private sector, I'm not suggesting necessarily only in Palau, but sometimes in other places, if you want get to get something from point A to point B, it could very well be a, a private sector entity that has the uh, capability um, to move that uh, very quickly, not the UN and not, not the government, not the NGOs. For example, um, in, in Fiji, we had a case where during these cyclones and even during the pandemic, we had uh, resorts who made their boats and their aircraft available to uh, Fiji to transport uh, various commodities and supplies to communities that were affected. So the private sector being engaged in those preparation exercises is quite important. And understanding 
you know, who has what assets. So there's a mapping exercise that needs to take place. And then, as you rightly pointed out, the involvement of the community. Now, of course, whenever a disaster strikes, the first uh, people to be able to help is the community that you live in. It's the neighbors, it's sometimes your family members, etc. And until assistance can come from wherever it eventually comes, it's those uh, coping mechanisms that you have within the community that literally saves lives. So ensuring that communities, first of all, um, know how to mitigate the impact of future disasters. What I mentioned, for example, before about uh, strapping a roof or um, ensuring that the livestock are in a place that's protected from the elements. Those kinds of simple things um, that communities can actually follow. Making sure that people take early warning messages seriously because there are too many people, unfortunately, still around the world despite being warned, who, for whatever reason, choose not to take any action and ultimately end up paying a price, sometimes with their lives. So making sure that communities take early warning seriously is another part of it. And, uh, of course, you know, finally, you know, we, we also work with uh, communities to, to train them. Um, you could be, they could be, the very first responders, as I said, you know, when it's, whether it's uh, training in uh, first aid or um, training in collecting data, very important, of course, when it comes to a disaster, uh, that we're able to get information as soon as possible. So we know how to get assistance and to whom we need to get assistance and what kind of assistance. And a lot of that uh, comes from uh, at a community level, and we need people who are trained to be able to collect that kind of data. So. I've sort of given you a snapshot, but uh, to answer your question in a very long-winded way, everybody has a, ro a role to play in preparing uh, ourselves for disasters. The United Nations Pacific Resident Coordinator of Federated States of Micronesia, Fiji, Kiribati, Marshall Islands, Nauru, Palau, Solomon Islands, Tonga, Tuvalu and Vanuatu, Sanaka Samarasinha, who has visited Palau for a series of critical meetings ahead of cyclone and typhoon season in conversation with Pacific Prepared Micronesia correspondent Bernadette Carrion. More from their wide-ranging discussion in an upcoming episode. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It is produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP and TBC Tonga. To mark International Day for Disaster Risk Reduction, we wanted to do something practical. So we've produced a special animated community service announcement. It will guide you to build a go bag, the bag that might just save your life. Keep an eye out on the Radio Australia and PacMass Facebook pages and if you see it, Please watch it, understand it, take action 
and share it. You can stream all our episodes on the internet. Just head to abc.net.au forward slash radio dash Australia or it's probably simpler to just type Pacific Prepared into a search engine. Consider starting a conversation with your family, your community, your co-workers and think seriously about creating that go bag. We want to help you make the next disaster less disastrous. Thank you to our guests, correspondents and contributors, government and non-government agencies who provided emergency and disaster information and support for this program. And thank you for listening. My name is Aaron Carney. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, please stay safe, share what you have learned here, and together we will help get the Pacific prepared.